Hello. Hello. Hi, Carlene. Hi, Alma. How you doing? Delicious. Yourself? Super delicious. Gotta so reach is, my wine. So is this wine that we're drinking. So good. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. yum, yum. I can't, yum, yum, I can't yum. get away from the microphone. I was going to reach for the wine right now. <laughs> Here, I'll Hold get on. it. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So in honor of today's um, podcast episode, I purchased uh, Six Cents. It's a Syrah, 2017. It is delicious. <laughs> Syrah! Yeah, and delicious. we're already buzzing just a little bit. Keep it close. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a standby bottle so we can... How was, how was your week? It was, it was pretty good. It went by super fast. Did it? Like this morning, I literally, literally, literally had to look at my phone. So I was like, "There's no way it's Friday already." It went that fast. It did go pretty fast. Yeah, Serena and Damon they left yesterday to go to California. Oh, lucky them! But before they left, I got to go to her second ultrasound, <gasps> which yeah. is always fun. So cute. But the baby didn't show his face, so it was a little, Aww. a lot of tossing and turning and stuff. But he didn't show his face this time. He was shy. <laughs> uh, we, we looked. Oh, Aiden turned 22. <gasps> really? Um, my middle baby. When's his birthday? July 29th. Oh, Isaiah's is the 30th. We celebrated that as well at work. We got him a cake. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, 24. Yeah. We watched a few home movies. Was that part of the birthday thing? No, well, you know, just Aiden was like, I want to see some home movies. And I haven't looked at them in years. Right. So we pull them out. And at one point, Aiden, <laughs> he looks back and he was asking me a question. And I'm like wiping tears. He's like, are you crying? Aww. Why are you crying? And I'm like, my babies are the best thing I've done in my whole life. Aww. It was just so touching. I just. Don't you just look at them sometimes? You're like, I made this. Yeah. Like, I made them. That came out of me. Mm-hmm. So they, proud they of think these it's kids. gross when I say that, but <laughs> they're mine. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I look at their feet or I watch what they say and I'm like, God, I did that. Right. I did that. That's the way I feel. That's yeah. the way I feel. Every I don't time I understand people who don't. It's really weird to look at my daughter and see her with a baby growing inside her right now and just. It's just this weird, and I'm super blessed right now because she's living with me. So this will probably be the one and only time that I get to be there for everything. You know, yeah. every morning, like I get to sing to her stomach. Aww. Like this baby's going to come out and he's going to know my voice. I think about like the difference with our boys and then our girl. Right. And like when our boys have a baby with their significant, how We're different get it that. is. Like, yeah, it's more distant, isn't it? Like yeah, we don't get to like rub her tummy or I mean I guess it just depends on how close we are I think I wouldn't have a problem rubbing Leslie's tummy (laughs) (laughs) yeah I hope I get to do that but I'm not I'm I'm cherishing because I only have one girl I only have one girl so cherishing this right now while I can oh I I don't blame you I would I would too so yeah Isaiah took off too he uh not like he lives with me, but I drove him to the airport the other day. Um, he went up to Colorado for a tattoo convention with oh. his friend. Oh. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We know how happy Probably. people in Colorado are. Yeah. I was like, be careful, please. Yeah. 
just have fun That's and fun. be careful. He's a good boy. All right. So we do have an announcement we'd like to make. We're booking our room. I wanted to say we've booked the room, but I've had technical difficulties trying to book it this afternoon. So, but we're booking our room for the 30th at the San Carlos. Play Twilight theme. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we're probably going to do like either Instagram or Facebook live. I'm not super savvy and like how all that works. Hopefully we can get them both to sync up or one or oh, the we'll other. Figure yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Super fun. Yes. And we're probably going to have some Patreon exclusive stuff going on that day. So just letting you guys know. And our special guest. And we will have a special guest. Yvette is going to join us. It's going to be fun. Uh, well, that is if she doesn't chicken out because yeah. we all know how Yvette feels <laughs> Hopefully she won't. Yeah. Because I think it'll make it a lot more. Oh my God. It'll be hilarious. Hysterical. <laughs> it'll be yeah. hilarious. All righty. Let's, uh, you want to jump right into it? Show. You go first. Okay. <laughs> Did this sound, my voice just sound weird. You go first. You go first. <laughs> you go first. So I brought these little, uh, lemon cakes mm, because yeah. I wanted them to tie in with our story. Um, have you ever heard of Leonardo Cianciulli? Nope. I think that's how you say it. I have no idea. Better known as the soap maker of Correggio. It's It's a place in Italy. It's not a hymen. It's not a hymen. (laughs) It's it's not part of the vagina. It's not the cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, it's a place in China. No. No. Italy. Oh, Italy. Italy. Why did I think you say China? Why, right? Why I think you say China. I said vagina. <laughs> oh, vagina. Okay, wait, can I just tell you something? Okay. Okay, so Allie, when she was little, I was giving her a bath, and my I had this big bathtub, and I'm bathing her, and we're having yeah, blah, 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 talking, and she's like, um, I'm washing my, my peanut, and I'm like, you're what? My peanut. And I'm like, oh, your penis. No, Allie, boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. And she goes, oh, I'm washing my for China. And then she sits down and she goes, I sat on my for China. And so we always just called it oh her for China. And so I'd always say, as she grew up and was older, and we'd have like the talk, I'd be like, never let a man, a boy, touch your china it's very delicate and nobody gets to touch your china that is hilarious my for china but <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Allie, she's gonna hate me everybody's got different things that they have their kids call their their stuff she named it herself oh my Pina god and uh for china for china for China. For China. Okay, but we're in Italy. Okay. All right, Italy. Not in China. Not in China. Oh. And not in the vagina. No. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. <laughs> Sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, okay, so like I said, she's better known as the soap maker of Correggio. She murdered three women in the town of Correggio between 1939 and 1940. So one of our favorite time periods. And let's find out why they call her the soap maker. Oh. Um, Her early life, she was born in Montella Avellino, which is in Italy somewhere. Montella Avellino. Montella. (laughs) 
Avelino. Her mother was... Okay, this is not funny. Her mother was raped and forced to marry her rapist. Oh. Oh. Yes. Holy heck. So it sounds like she took this out on her daughter. She never really, like, showed her any affection. Or she was just very, like, cold to her, apparently. She wasn't a very loving mother. Well, every time she looked at her daughter, she was reminded of that. Right. And she had to marry him. And she had to live with it. Every oh my god that's so sad poor thing and that happened more often than not like I I know a story it still happens today yeah. you think so? what yes ew especially okay. in those families where they don't believe abortion is okay this is true not that I will get on that topic yeah let's not because we have a whole nation divided on that topic la, right la, now la, la. all right so she also suffered epileptic all right <laughs> epileptic epileptic leonardo also suffered oh my god that's <laughs> my <mean>. turn <laughs> i love it leonardo leonardo <laughs> i was gonna say leonardo dicaprio <laughs> the dog sense it no. <laughs> all right she also suffered epileptic attacks and constant nightmares while still a young girl she also attempted suicide twice so she didn't have it easy growing up. Thing. All right. So in 1917, she marries uh, registry office clerk Raphael Pensardi. Raphael Pensardi. Her parents didn't approve of this marriage. It, they already had somebody else in mind that was better off, I guess, a better match that they thought. So because they, they are they have healthy choices. Right. Obviously. <laughs> So they're not happy about it. And she thinks that it was this occasion that her mother cursed her marriage and cursed her. And we'll talk about like how superstitious she is as as we go along here. I think a lot of people in those old countries are very, very superstitious. And I was actually listening to another podcast and they were talking about that she might have been Romani, but I couldn't find that anywhere else. So gypsy for lack of a better word but i guess that's not a very nice thing to say anymore gypsy's a a new term i mean it's a it's a term for like traveling and yeah but i guess now it's like considered like theming and stuff yeah in 1921 the couple moved to pensardi's native town of loria potenza to get away from the parents i guess like because they basically kicked them out said we're not supporting this yeah we're we're not not supporting supporting you yeah exactly and her bad luck, her curse, followed her there. Um, her, she was sentenced and imprisoned for fraud in 1927. I'm not quite sure like how long it was, but it was probably a short enough period. Um, when she's released, they both moved to another town to start over. This town was Lacedonia, Avellino. What'd she do? Um, I think it was like it was check fraud or something oh, like okay. that. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Something along those lines. Her bad luck seemed to follow her because her home was destroyed here in Lacedonia, the new town that they moved to, in 1930 in the Erpenia earthquake. Well, that would seem more like a curse than like you got punished for doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Right, breaking the law. Yeah. And then, so then they move again, and this time they move to Correggio. It's here that Leonardo opens up a small shop where she sells- I've heard of Correggio. Have you? Yes. Really? I've never heard of it. Yes, I should have recognized it when you first said it. I was I looking at it. some of the, like, because, you know, when you're, well, I was on Wikipedia at boot? some point, and you, like, cl- hover over the name, so it, like, pulls up, like, this really picturesque town. Mm. 
I was like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So anyways, they're in Correggio. It's here that Leonardo opens up a small shop where she sells soap and sells her services as a fortune teller. Oh, interesting. Yes, that's the wine. <laughs> Aside from the fact. <laughs> the sixth sense. The sixth sense. She was very popular. That's and, the gypsy part. Yeah. Because back, I think back then, like uh, how I always thought gypsies were, were the ones, the they were like tellers. a circus with like the, cir- yeah, they traveled a lot with the circus and they did like a lot of fortune telling and palm reading. And I mean, yeah, they scammed people, but that's how they made their living. Right. And, but like I said, I didn't, I literally only heard it on a podcast and one other thing, but I, so I don't know where they got that from. I didn't run into it when I was researching. So I don't know if it's true. So take that with a grain of salt. So anyway, she opens up the shop. She sells her services as a fortune teller and she also sells soap. Mm. She was very popular and well-respected in the neighborhood. So like the other, the women in the neighborhood basically came to her for advice, not only just fortune telling, but it sounds like she was kind of like a matchmaker. Oh, like she like gave everybody advice in the town. So I wonder if she really was not knowing, but very highly intuitive and then just took that to another level. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she may be not realized that she was at the time, but that's how I would see her. Somebody that was highly intuitive and people right. are drawn to you. So then they're, you're able to just be very helpful to people. Right. And give really good advice. And then she, by doing her palm reading, she probably hit a lot of things accidentally. Right. Nail on the head. Right. But I think it was probably lots of clever wording and accidental findings does that make sense yeah kind of like cold reading well if i say cold if i read somebody cold reading to me means i'm at the grocery store and i walk up to somebody and that's a cold reading to me right i think like because have you ever watched what was that show it was this guy and he was super intuitive not like he didn't have a sixth sense but he he read people like like they're like lifting their eyebrow their right. mannerisms yeah yeah so that's what i think of when i think of cold reading like, oh or like if you say something or whatever like like you say like like how you i gave teach, it away yeah. yeah how i teach people right. to know when that's happening right exactly <laughs> where was i it is here blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, palm reading and issues. people coming to her okay so at some point in her life probably before she's married she herself sees a fortune teller and the fortune teller said that she would marry and have children but that all of her children would die young oh my god reportedly chinchuli also visited a romani who practiced palm reading and who told her in her right hand i see prison in your left hand i see a criminal asylum oh that's so let's see if any of that came true um, those words proved true because Chinchuli had 17 pregnancies during her marriage. 17. What? But lost three of the children to miscarriage and 10 more <gash> died in their youth. Oh my God. I, I couldn't like, li- I'd be insane. Yeah. I would be, no, I wouldn't be able to live. So she I'd had four insane. children that lived and consequently she was super overprotective of them. Of course. Right. That brings us to the next part of the story. So she's so protective of her children that when she learns that her favorite son, Giuseppe, <laughs> was going to join the Italian army in 1939 in preparation for World War II, she was determined to protect him at all costs. So naturally, she, went, she, went she comes them. to the conclusion <laughs> that this his safety required human sacrifice. <gasps> 
No. Yes. So I don't, I don't know if that's a Romani thing. Like I don't, like I don't even want to put that out there. But like somehow, I somewhere have to she came, ac- yeah, came across. And I was looking, I, I couldn't really find anything that linked those two things. But what I mean, it sounds of, like a blood sacrifice. But what is she practicing that makes her think it? I mean, even the Bible, the biggest sacrifice is like a lamb, right? Right, right. So apparently, she, in her mind, from what I gathered, was that a life for a life. So, like, if she takes a life, that would take her son's place in the afterlife. Uh, I think, like, um, you ever, you know, did you watch the Vikings that series? Mm-hmm. It was either the Vikings or the Last Kingdom. Either <laughs> one of those. There's Ragnar in both. Yeah, I can't remember which one. Where? Wait, I think it's the Last Kingdom. Where they had to take that woman, took the baby, and she was like, "If to make the baby well, a life, if I save oh, this life, a life will be. Right. And then it was his his baby and his wife, the, his baby ended up dying, right. but it was to save the king's baby or whatever. Right, right. I think that's what they mean, life or life. But whatever she was practicing, that spiritual, I don't know if it's like a Pegasus, peg. Pagan, paganism. Pagan? No, Paganism? we both can't talk. How much of this wine have we had? I don't know. What's the percentage on the wine? I, I always want to know the percentage. Did you see this eye? That's cool. We're easily distracted like a three-year-old. Yes. That's a cool eye on the back yeah, of there. But we should take a picture of that so people know what we're talking. If you save this. Yes, I will. Oh, I always save them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I wonder if it has to do with like being a pagan. Right. If that was her gig, which is weird because aren't most Italians like hardcore Catholic? Catholic. Or, yeah. 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 That's super weird. Anyway. Super, super weird. So like I said, she's drawn the conclusion that somebody has to die. Somebody has to die. Weird. And she found her victims in three middle-aged women. All were her neighbors. And all were women that came to her for one thing or another. Oh, that's so sad. Her first victim was Faustina Seti. Seti was the oldest one. She's 73. She's She was a lifelong spinster. And this is how she got her. This is so sad. But, you know, her life's almost over. And that's probably how she, yeah, that's probably how she reasoned it. Like, she's a spinster. Nobody's going to miss you know. her. She doesn't have any family. So anyway, she'd come to her for help in finding a husband. People are going to think At I'm 73. horrific right now. I, this, I'm kidding. She's kidding. <laughs> Chinchuli told her of a suitable partner. She's 73. She's looking for a suitable partner. Okay. You know, somebody to live out the rest of her years with. Um, a suitable partner in Pola, but asked her to tell no one of the news. She also persuaded Seti to write letters and postcards to relatives and friends telling them that she would be visiting the man abroad, but she told her, don't mail him out. You know, don't make a fool of yourself if something goes wrong. Wow. Um, then she subdued Seti with the drugged wine and murdered her with an axe. <gasps> oh my God. An it's axe. another axe? Another axe. Just like last time, the, <laughs> yes. axe, the axe murder. So then she has her son, Giuseppe, who like goes to, what, to Pola for some reason or another, mail him from Pola to the family and stuff. So it makes it look like she's, she's actually there. Not. Yeah, okay. And she he has her? no idea. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if Giuseppe's her. part of this. Because Dude. even the, the police kind of suspected that he might have been part of this. But she makes it sound like this was all her. This was all her. All right. Oh. From there, she cut Seti into nine pieces. Yeah. 
gathered her blood into a basin in her official statement now this is just gonna i'm sorry guys this is gonna get <laughs> gross um in her official statement upon her arrest she described the things that she did to the body i threw the pieces into a pot added seven kilos of caustic soda which i had bought to make soap and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick dark mush that i poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank Blech. that's not even the worst of it as for the blood in the basin i waited until i it had coagulated dry she's very descriptive no I mean, she didn't have to go into all this detail she's like oh, yeah i killed the bitch but no she like went into detail yeah. dried it in the oven ground it and mixed it with flour what? sugar chocolate milk and, and eggs <laughs> as well as a bit of margarine kneading all the ingredients together i made lots of crunchy tea cakes and uh -uh. served them to the ladies <gasps> who come to visit though giuseppe and i also ate a few no <laughs> what the fuck i read that i was like i have to do this story <laughs> i just said that for all of you oh. you're all saying what the this lady was cray all right oh my god all, can you imagine? Is that why you served this? I mean, you should have <laughs> made. You, you know what you should have done? You should have done red velvet. I should have. <laughs> I should have. I should have. I figured we should have cake. Yeah. So we did. We had some lemon cake. Yeah. In honor. Red velvet would have been bloody. <laughs> uh, okay. Imagine these the the women in the neighborhood after all of this came out. And then knowing that they ate. That they had taken part in Ugh. some way or another. No. Have you ever watched Fried Green Tomatoes? Yes. I love that movie. Yeah. All right. Do you remember when they were like boiling the hog? No. And doing barbecue and he kept coming out and feeding that guy. You remember? You don't remember it's that part? It's been a long time. So it was like time. innuendo. Now that I'm going to have to watch it again. So when they killed Frank, the abusive husband right. of her oh, best friend. Oh, right, right, right. And then that guy um, comes out looking for him, the officer or whatever. He comes from Georgia, Alabama. It was one of those. And so he's sitting in the, the cafe and they keep bringing him out barbecue. <laughs> so the innuendo was, what did you do with the body? I remember he had decided to make yeah. barbecue that day. So right. yeah, You're they right. never really, they kind of totally just like came about all that. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch a movie again. That and Reservoir Dogs now. Oh, Yes. Yes, we were just talking about that. What else? Thanks to Philip. Yes, Philip. He's <laughs> he's gonna do some Quentin Tarantino films next on his next episode. All right. Fried him up. No. Oh, she made cake. Yes. Let them eat cake. <laughs> some sources also record that Chinchuli apparently received Seti's life savings, thirty thousand lira, as payment for her services, which may have been about five hundred dollars. Oh. Okay. But her life savings. I mean, that's a lot for... And why stop at one? You know, one is going to save your son's life. Two will guarantee that he's going to live through this war, right? I mean, I have four kids. Oh, yes. Yeah, that could have been it, too. She, she, Maybe it was one for each kid. Maybe. Her next victim was Francesca Scavi. Chinchuli claimed to have found her a job at a school for girls in P Piacenza. I don't know if I'm saying these right. Like Seti, Soavi was convinced to write postcards to send to friends, this time from Correggio, detailing her plans. Also, like Seti, Soavi came to visit with Chinchuli before her departure. 
She too was given a drugged wine and then killed with an axe. The murder occurred on September 5, 1940. Soavi's body was given the same treatment as Seti's and Chanchuli is said to have obtained 3,000 lira from her second victim. Wow. She doesn't even change her MO. No, but she does just a little bit on the next one. <laughs> oh, God. She should have stopped here, but uh-huh. her next fifth victim proves to be her downfall. Mm. Chanchuli's final victim was Virginia... Cacioppo, 59. She was a former soprano said to have sung at La Scala. Uh, For her, Chianchuli claimed to have found work as a secretary for a mysterious impresario in Florence. As with the other two women, she was told not to sell a single person, tell, oh, sell a single, <laughs> tell a single person where she was going. Virginia agreed and on September 30th, 1940, came for a last visit with Chianchuli. The pattern to the murder was exactly the same as the first two, according to Chinchuli's statement. So she took her out with an axe, gave her some wine. Oh, how sad. I know. Except that she had a nosy sister-in-law that must have lived somewhere close to Chinchuli because according to her statement, she watched her go in and she didn't see her come out. You have to listen to what Chinchuli said about this victim. (laughs) Apparently, she wrote memoirs while she was in prison. Oh, great. And this was part of her memoirs. So she ended up in the pot like the other two. After a long time in the boil, her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. Oh. I gave bars to the neighbors and acquaintances. (laughs) The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. I can't believe we're laughing about I know, this, but it's so <laughs> gross. It's so gross. Kind of funny. These every like everybody it's only in the town. It has to be a small detached. town. Everybody's having a piece of these poor women. Uh, okay, so as luck would have it, like I told you, um, Cassiopo had a very nosy sister-in-law who grew suspicious at a, at her sudden disappearance, and had last seen her entering Chinchuli's house. She reported her fears to the superintendent of police in Reggio Emilia, who opened an investigation and soon arrested Chinchuli. The investigation started and the assets of the victims were found to be sold by Leonarda, who, to defend herself, claimed that these victims gifted her their goods. The questioning turned towards her son, who confessed on his turn about mailing the letters of the victims and got arrested by police. So she finds out that he's arrested and she goes and says, no, it's me. I guess initially she vehemently denies killing anyone. Um, However, after Giuseppe was implicated in Cacioppo's murder, she gave full confession. And in 1946, her trial was conducted in Reggio Emilia. The authorities had a hard time believing that Leonardo had committed these crimes, especially since according to the testimony of the sister-in-law they believed that her third murder took no more than an hour and 30 minutes from the time she entered chinchuli's place to the time she was hacked to pieces well that's the thing i don't know how big this woman is but she has to be really strong right i mean to chop somebody up i'm imagining well she's an italian grandmother like these women, I would think she's not very big. She didn't look very big from the pictures that I saw. She had to have help. Yeah. I think well, her son helped. Do you think so? Somebody did. Because well, the, the police actually think so, but listen to this. Hey. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so they think it take the third murder only took like an hour and 30 minutes between beginning to end. Okay. 
So they felt that, still felt that Giuseppe had some part in it. So to prove that she was capable of doing it all by herself, she takes several police. This this blows my mind. She takes several police, a judge, and the prosecutors down to the local morgue. Takes a body. I don't like. Just got, grabs a ra- random body, no. chops it no. up in nine pieces no. in twelve minutes. No. I mean, they couldn't find way. a pig to prove the point. Like they like. Okay, I don't get it. I'd be so pissed if that was my loved one. I know. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Let they just let this happen. My, yeah. Like, Okay. The trial lasted for three days and she was sentenced to spend 30 years in prison and three in a criminal asylum. So I guess like the trial lasted for three days, but what? it took six years for the for her to actually go to trial. Like after, she after, only got 30 years yeah. for killing three women? 30 years. And feeding those women? But to- apparently it turns out it was a life sentence. Okay. So on October 15th, 1970, Chinchilli passed away in the... Women's Criminal Asylum in Pozzuoli after suffering from cerebral apoplexy, basically a stroke, for a prolonged period. She was 76 years old. So she basically died in prison and she died around the right age. before she was supposed to get out. Oh, come on. Yeah. Many of the artifacts from the case and her personal effects are on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome. Oh, there have also been several adaptations of her story, both on stage and in films. And in 1970, I was going to say, this would make a great yes. movie. In 1979, movie. a play named Love and Magic in Mama's Kitchen oh was gosh. produced by Lena Wertmuller at the Spolatello Festival. It narrated Chianchilli's life in a darkly comedic tone. In Morrow's Bolog- Morrow Bolognini's 1977, 1977, oh my god, I can't talk. So maybe, this is seven years after she passes away. Directorial venture, Gran Bolito, American actress Shelley Winters portrayed oh, Chianchilli. I've never, I love her. Now I want to look it up just so I can see it. Yeah. And that is my story of the soap maker of Correggio. <laughs> Interesting. I had to tell that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Especially when I read her excerpts of what she said, how she just like so coldly like <laughs> that woman she was made sweet. Some good soap she did. <laughs> and she she sure did taste yummy too. Mmm. Mm, balls. Mm. <laughs> Do it. People cakes. Mmm. Sweaty balls. Sweet sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's gross. I feel sorry for anybody that found out afterwards that they had eaten. Oh my God, I don't. Or even bathed with the soap. You can't even get it off. You can't throw up enough. You can't. It's already done and over. That's the thought. Yeah. So that basically makes her cannibal. It was she forced being that, forced cannibalism onto all her neighbors. And apparently her son, if he was as unknowing as she said he was. Ah, maybe he was. I don't know. But uh, I mean, that's a mother's love. She was literally trying to save. My mother's love is pretty deep for my kids, but I would never. (laughs) You hurt my children and you got a whole nother thing. But as for that kind of shit. Yeah, that's crazy. 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 What do you got? A little crazy. A little crazy? A little more crazy. I must have a little crazy over here. <sighs> I have to recover from that story. Yeah. I'll, I'll never be able to look at anybody's homemade soap ever again in the same way. No. 
My cousin, my cousin makes soap. Really? She makes goat soap. Goat soap? Goat soap. That sounds I mean, interesting. I, how do I know she's not chopping bodies up at that big old <laughs> farm she lives on? <laughs> Does she live here? She lives in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I, I think. Um, Does she sell it online? I think, oh, she, I think she did. I don't know that she does anymore. I think she sells at a little market wherever she lives. Interesting. Somewhere out there. <laughs> they don't even talk like that out there. I don't know why I just did that. It's Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts. I don't know what they talk like in Massachusetts, except for maybe Boston. Boston. I don't know. The khakis. <laughs> in the car. Park. <laughs> Get all those accents mixed up. Chicago. 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 I don't know. <laughs> New York. People are uh, hating us Do right we now. have an accent here? People say I do. Okay. When I listen to some of my, like when I listen to us on here, I right. notice I do have, I'll be like, what the hell was, where'd that come from? Right. And I notice like my kids will be like. Mom, you, what accent is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, spirit must be talking through It's me. funny that, like... But people do say. I think we do have an accent. We don't all know right, it. you guys, let us know. Can you just hit us up on Instagram or send us an email? Do we have accents? Do we sound... Does Arizona have an accent? But I think the West. Right. Because I think we probably sound like California, Arizona. We all have... Well, we mispronounce... I think California is like, dude... Yeah, well, no. But I think <laughs> we like, we mispronounce pronounce everything. Everything because my kids are constantly making fun of me. The way I say donuts, right? Donuts, donuts. Anyway, I I mispronounce that. Um, if you say say M O U T N A S, wait, M O U, you know the big pointy things that we have. A mountain. <laughs> say it again. Mountain. Yeah. Mountain, is or is it mountain, mountain, mountain? Mountain time. I'm going to go up to the mountains, but we say mountain. <laughs> I'm going to go to the mountains. I don't know. You know, I was raised by a Mexican father, so sometimes, like, people would tell me, like, <laughs> you sound like your dad. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes I hear it in the podcast, so certain certain things I say, oh, I'm like, oh, I my God. I hear certain things that you say, too. I'll be like, does she know that she... She pronounced that that way. That's so, it's adorable, but I wonder all the things that I, my kids point them out, so I don't worry about mine, because my kids are very quick to be like, say that again, mom. Well, I make fun of people when they say wash instead of wash. Oh, that's my, my, so my neighbor, he lived across the street from me. He was from Kansas, and he'd always, so I'd make him say it all the time. I'd go, what's that thing? It's a cloth, it's small, and you use it to like, on your body (laughs) or like your face, and he'd go, wash cloth? And I'm like, (laughs) that's my favorite thing. That's Warsh. hilarious. Yeah. I'd be interested to to hear what we say that sounds funny. Yeah, feel free to critique our oh, English. I doubt people in New York even realize that they have an accent. They just say no. what they say, right? Uh, I'm sure they think we have an ex- accent and they don't. Right. They're all used to it. But <laughs> I would love to hear like people from <laughs> from like Britain. Right. Britain. They have so many different accents themselves. They do. Well, like, the same way we have people from Texas or New Jersey or New York. Right. They have all the different areas of the. They're upper and they're lower, and 
Yeah, nobody speaks English the same way anywhere. No, even Australians, even Scottish and New Zealand. I mean, they all have their. Yep. Okay, did I tell you about these women, sweetest women in the world, that came to see me? Yeah, you did on the last I did? podcast. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, and I made a complete ass of myself. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not even out there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. You know, I'll try to do an uh, English accent, but I sound more like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Hello. 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 Can you do an Australian accent? Uh, let's like, see. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, mate. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're a mighty fine bloke, aren't you? Right, that was a, that was more like British with a little Australian slang. <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> Man, people. Sorry, you guys. We're, we're killing sorry. everybody's accents. Yeah, even our own. <laughs> hey, we're not prejudiced to any one accent. Not even our own. Right, not even our own. <laughs> we're sloppy all the way around. We're so sloppy. <laughs> Oh my, oh my lordy lord. All right. Take a swig. I wonder if you could freeze it and make like popsicles with it. Or no, because it's got alcohol in it, it won't freeze. How come nobody. Oh. So I just tried to pour the wine in. <laughs> I'm going to beat my pants for real. I was using the nifty little pourer for my um, accessory kit, my wine accessory kit. And it has a little stopper. And I had put the stopper in the last time oh we poured the God. wine. So I'm trying to pour her a glass of wine. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe we I drank all this gone. wine. I'm like, she's really tipping me off, giving me a lot of that, topping me off, tipping me off, <laughs> topping me off. I could tip you off too, baby. Yeah. All right. But um, <laughs> I was pouring and pouring and, and nothing was coming out. Oh my God. <laughs> the topper was, so was in it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. That even hurt my back laughing. I am challenged today. Okay. Oh, so good. what do you got? Wait, I got to wet my whistle again now. Okay. What's your whistle? <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> we have not. <laughs> oh my god, we have not been serious once this old. No. I was about to start singing my hymen <laughs> as a first name. <laughs> start wearing the pins when we do this okay 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 see if we can be serious for okay. two seconds serious mine's on the limp the limp mansion not the limp mansion not the a limp, limp man not a limp man limp mansion the limp l-e-m-p mansion okay <clears throat> i don't want anybody to be confused <laughs> not the limp man Okay. So the Limp Mansion, it's owned by the Limp family. Okay. The Limps? <laughs> the Limps. The, it's located in 
Benton Park, St. Louis. Ooh, in Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. All right. It was built in 1868. Ooh, our favorite time period. 1800s. In 1876, William Limp. I kind of skipped over the previous owners. Nothing exciting happened. But they did believe moving into the house, it was already cursed. I don't know if they thought they already had a family curse or just the house was cursed. But was it brand new when they moved in? No, they they bought it from a previous owner. But so just remember that they already think there's like a curse hovering over them. Okay. Okay. In 1876, William Limp and his wife, Julia, moved into the mansion. The Limps lived in this house until 1949, when Charles Limp committed suicide in bed. Okay. Okay, so... It is sad. I'm going to go through, like, the whole, like, family history because it means something. Okay. Because it is, it's kind of creepy. Okay, the Limp family is known for dominating St. Louis, the the bear market in St. Louis. So there's, like, a giant brewery across from the house. There's the mansion, and then, like, across is this giant brewery. And then underneath are these, like, natural caves. And... It's believed that this, I don't know if it's like once was like Indian property or whatever, but like down below they hear just part of the paranormal part. When they go down below in the caves, they hear like Indian chanting. But I think that's part of the curse is they think that because it was all built on like, same here, like if somebody feels like they're their land is built on um, like spiritual Indian ground, right, right. then they feel like they're disturbing or or like even close to the resting yeah souls that's kind of what was going on there okay uh they dominated the beer market before prohibition with its falstaff beer brand or prohibition Hmm. this started with the patriarch of the family named okay it's johan and he went by adam limp but he was German, so I'm assuming his name was like, it wasn't Johan, it was... Johan. Yeah, Johan or something like that, yeah. Anyway, born in 1798 in Germany, he became a naturalized citizen in November 1841. Uh, he arrived in the U.S. in 1836, eventually settling in St. Louis in 1838. He started a grocery store called A. Limp and Co. Family Grocery Store. In addition to owning his grocery store, he also sold his own vinegar and beer, and that's kind of where it all started. So it started with this grocery store. It still stands. It's something else now, but it, the building, I guess, still stands. Really? Yeah, and it and it's more like I don't know. It's something else that's popular out there. But they, um, that's how it all started. He was making his own vinegar and beer, and then it just grew from there because people liked it. Isn't it so weird that Germans came here and they pretty much dominated the beer market? It started like with him. Budweiser, Coors. Yeah. like Because he was one of the only, the first German beer makers. Really? Yeah, it started with him. That German beer, beer making. Yeah, that's what it says right here. Like, he was one of the first... By 1840, he focused solely on the manufacture and sell of beer. Adam Limp's beer became very popular due to the growing German population in the area. He was one of the first 
in the country to produce German lager. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, the business prospered, so when a large storage space became necessary, so that's they needed the big storage space. That's when they the caves, the natural caves underneath, those naturally kept things cool. Mm-hmm. So they stored the beer in there, and then as they needed more space, that's when they built... Are they limestone? The brewery. Oh, it didn't say. Oh, okay. Well, even when you go online, because YouTubers, you know, when they do their ghost hunting, you can still go into those caves. Uh Uh-huh. I couldn't tell what it was that was down there, but they say it's really cold. Like, I think it stays a standard 64 degrees or something. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And then there's a door down there that nobody can go past like it's locked and i don't i guess nobody has the key to it that makes sense i guess nobody has the key to huh in the caves yeah so there's a door there's an actual door and i i can't remember if it was like a door that goes like between the house and the brewery or where that door goes but behind that door is where they were hearing like the indian chanting kind of like the oh you know what i'm talking about right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to make fun no 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 i know what you're talking about like hey uh, hey uh, hey uh, yeah, yeah, my, my yeah. grandma used to do that to us but also. it was more like a oh, yeah. wait i can't do it oh yeah i All was right. trying to be ghostly but whatever <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's a hiya, hiya. Hiya, hiya, hiya. Yeah, that. <laughs> Sorry, oh we, we're not trying to be disrespectful no, in any ways. <laughs> Me especially. Not always. Me especially. Okay, the cave tunnels run under the Limp Mansion and the brewery, which I already told you. Okay, let's just... On to the next page. <laughs> the next handwritten page. Um, by the way, handwritten page. Yes. Because I can you understand. Came prepared. I can understand my writing. Okay. Adam's son, William, was born in Germany in 1835 after completing his education at St. I thought this was important to show that how educated they all were. Right. So he he um, completed his education at St. Uh, St. Louis University. He worked at the Western Brewery until he left the company to form a partnership with another brewer. Interesting. Why isn't he working at his family? Oh, well. In 1861, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and achieved the rank of orderly sergeant. Orderly sergeant? Have you ever heard of that rank? No. Nope. I haven't either. On December 3rd, 1861, he married... Julia, uh, f- something. <laughs> <laughs> you at least attempt to say the word. I'm like, no. Uh, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, are you going to look it up? <laughs> Julia. Ahead. Julia. Julia. On August 23rd, 1862, Adam died. Adam died. He just died. <laughs> Well, yes, he just died. And William returned to the Western Beverly as owner. Oh, I guess that's the name of their, maybe that's the name of their brewery? I don't know. As owner and operator. In 1864, he began building a larger, yeah, that's their brewery. God, I don't even know my own story. (laughs) Do a little freaking research, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of it's can. 
confusing. My lips were just totally sticking to my teeth. (laughs) Are my teeth red? Are mine? They're a little bit purplish. It's good wine. It's healthy for us. Do you know that red wine is good for your breath? Really? Yeah, because it like kills the germies in your mouth. I should drink more red wine. (laughs) That's what they say. They, I don't know who they are, but. Hey, I've heard that people that drink at least one glass of red wine a day live longer. They live longer? Yes. But you know, and then somebody will debunk that. And then then they'll be like, yeah, it's true. And then. No, you need to drink like a bottle of wine. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm down with a bottle of wine. (laughs) Right now we're we're like. (laughs) August 23rd, 1862. We already did that. Fuck. I've totally lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, fuck it. We're not reading. We're not doing my story anymore. All right, all right I'll finish. I'm all right. <laughs> this is really right. like this is so much like drunk history right now. It's not even funny. Like drunk history right now. <laughs> Look, by the time you get to my story, I'm out. I'm loving <laughs> That's why I let you go for his last time. No. All right. All right. I promise I can okay. do this. That's what a friend of mine said. She's like, listening to your podcast is like a little bit like drunk, drunk history, history meets true crime and paranormal. Is. I was like, that should it be is. our tagline. Oh, yeah. That would be hysterical. Okay. Well, right now it really is because I've totally lost my shit with this story. All right. Well, good thing I'm reading about beer. We should be drinking our beer thing with this. You know what? We were so freaking gassy the last time. You want to know like how much I edited out of that podcast? We were so burpy. Oh my God, that was funny. At least it was burpy. Yes. Well, later it was more than burpy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your poor husband. Oh my God. Oh, he's sorry, used to it. <laughs> Were you doing the fan the sheet thing? Have you seen that commercial? No, I hotbox him. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I'm like, it was your fault. You made me chill. Oh my god, yeah. And it you is made him fault. super spicy. He did. Oh my god, your ass must have been a fire. <laughs> For your information, it was. <laughs> Alright, sorry guys, even, TMI, TMI. I can't even breathe. Oh my god, my back. Anyway, in 1864, he began building a larger brewery. This is the one I was telling you about above the caves. Under William Limp, the Western Brewery became the largest brewery in St. Louis. And then the largest outside of New York with a single owner. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like really, his dad started out of a grocery store. Then he does all this other stuff, goes to college, does the army, comes back, works for a brewery. Then he starts like this, like just starts the ball rolling. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she snorted. It's a 
whole nother level when you snort. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to try and get through this. In 1892, the William Limp Brewing Company was founded from the Western Brewery as William President and his son, William Jr., as Vice President, and his son, Louis, or Louis, as Superintendent. Okay, William Billy Limp Jr. was born on August 13th, 1867. Like his father, he went to St. Louis University and then studied at uh, the Art of Brewing. However, it was William Sr.'s fourth son, Frederick, Born in 1873, that's the one he wanted to groom to take over the company, was Frederick. My eyes are seeing double right now (laughs) because of our laughing. (laughs) My eyelashes are sticking together. Do you want to know something? Eyelashes? I, okay, so I, when you see feathers, it's like a sign from the angels or your loved ones, like, yes, we hear you, we're here with you whatever right so the other day i'm like oh my gosh Allie, where did that black feather come from i've never seen black feather like that's black black feather that's really beautiful i'm like we don't have anything like that trying to debunk it because that's what i do can't can't debunk it i just left it on the table but later it wasn't a black feather at all what was it (laughs) Well, Leslie had these two beautiful girls come to do her pre-wedding makeup, you know, to see if she wanted these women to do her makeup, which, by the way, I ended up doing a reading. Uh After they left, I had to have Leslie call them and tell them to call me. Sidebar. Anyway, they put false eyelashes on her. Oh, my God. It wasn't until everybody was gone out of my house and I'm sitting there and Shadow went to play with them. And I was like, no, don't play with my black feather. And I pull them and I'm like, fucking eyelashes. Allie's friend, Sydney, every time she's over, fucking eyelashes. They're on my floor. They're on my counter. My daughter, Sarita, she's like (laughs) famous for her freaking eyelashes. Mm -hmm. There was one time I was cleaning the bathroom and I literally thought it was a black widow. Like, I almost shit myself. Uh-huh. I, like, jumped out of the bathroom and then had to come back in. And then when I finally realized that it was just some eyelashes. <laughs> well, then it's gross. I don't want to touch them. Well, I didn't I care. mean, if it's they're, my daughter, they're her, I'll Yeah, touch they're her them. eyelashes, but I felt like a fool. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I go through it all the time. And I was, thank God I was by myself. Because yeah. somebody would have even oh, videotaped that. that. Oh, no. I would have never lived that down. Nope. He would have been posting that nope. on his yep. on his Instagram yep. page. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, which by the way, I have no idea how to use, so that's why I never post stuff. What? So, like, if I want to share something that, like, Tipsy Tales, right? I can't figure oh. out. Okay, I'm gonna show you how after. Okay. You can you can download something. It's oh. like an app called Repost. What? Yeah, there's different apps. Oh. And yeah, I'll show you. Because there's times like I want to post something or like share something that you've obviously I want to support us. Right. But I also rarely post anything on my own 
thing because I just don't. I mean, I know how, like, if I want to just do something that me and the kids are being right. silly. I know how to. That's easy. That's kind of the way my Instagram is. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just family. And I'm so <laughs> more a little bit more selective on Instagram than I was on Facebook. Right. So it's mostly more just, like, exclusively friends and family. Right. Although I've let a few people slip in here and there. But yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't mind being able to sh- share the tipsy tale stuff or stuff that, you know, Albert puts up. I like you. a lot of things that he puts up and I can't share any of it. Albert is Confucius. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so adorable. Like he went from like zero to a hundred. Right. From, he did. Ever yeah. since, ever since you've come into yeah. our lives pretty much. <laughs> But he's kind of always been, like, especially to my nieces, he's always been that uncle that always has wise words. Right. Or, like, whenever somebody has a wedding, he gets the microphone and... Oh, gives the the most touching wisdom. Yeah, he's always been that guy. So, yeah, Yeah. this is just a natural next step to who he is. (laughs) Now he's the guru. Yes, he is the guru. It's pretty cute. It is. I see stuff all the time like, oh, this is so adorable. (laughs) <laughs> like he's really going for it today because sometimes he'll just go yes boom 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 yeah. boom one post after the other <laughs> all right back to the story okay we're talking about the limp mansion the lips <laughs> yes and imagine if they called it limp beer that would limp. never have gone no. that would have been a good well, marketing they did. well they kind of did oh did they they called it oh, limp well, beer? um when you go into town to the to the actual mansion now because it's a bed and breakfast well <laughs> It's uh, a restaurant and then, yeah, kind of like a bed and breakfast type place. When you drive in on the building, it's limp. So limp brewery. <laughs> the limp brewery. <laughs> it's a limp. Limp brewery. Limp brewery. You can put, I'll send it to you, but okay. you know, we could post the post. Post. Let's post it. Okay. I always like posting things. Post. Post a couple pricksers. Pricksers. <laughs> limp pricksers. <laughs> We crack ourselves up Hopefully here. Hopefully they don't have anybody named Richard. Um, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're dang. both snorting. We are. Oh, I did do a little snort, didn't I? <laughs> I need to pull hey. away. Okay, uh, I just want to just, like, give a shout out to our wine, because obviously it's really good. <laughs> Six cents. Surah. Hurrah. Okay. Let's get on to the limps. Surah. I want to get on to the haunted part. This is the most interesting. This kind of talks about why. Okay. Anyway. Unknown to the limp family, Frederick had significant health problems on December 12th, 1901. Frederick died. Dead. 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 Sorry. He's dead. Uh, of heart failure due to complications of his diseases. William Sr. took this very hard and his own health, mental and physical, began to decline. He dealt with another blow on January 1st, 1904 when Frederick Pabst, and I wonder, I didn't look this up, but is that the owner of Pabst Beer? I was going to say. <clears throat> I thought you I, said Pabst, but if you said Pabst. Pabst. P-A-B-S-T. Interesting. Yeah. Died. Died. Dead. 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 <laughs> On the morning of February 13th, 1904, William Lemp 
committed suicide uh. by gunshot and died at 10.15 a.m. Isn't that crazy that they're that specific on here? Yes. <clears throat> it gets better. Remember, there's like this curse okay. over them. Okay. William Lemp Jr. I wish you guys could see how animated she gets when <laughs> she spreads her arms out. She says, there's a curse. Curse over them. <laughs> and then she does jazz fingers. <laughs> Okay, there's a curse. We may have to video us. Okay, so sidebar. Before I came, uh, Aiden had me watch uh, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. And he was talking to this guy that's super educated, amazing. I told Aiden I wish I could, like, have this guy sit in my living room and just talk because I just want to learn. I told him, I said, people will say like, because I could get sick of my own voice, but people will be like, I love hearing you talk. But I think it's because I'm so animated and passionate. And I said, because I get it now by watching this guy talk, the guy that was talking to Joe Rogan. He was very passionate about what he's saying. He's knowledgeable. He's very animated. Like he makes it interesting. Right. So I understood it. And it makes you want to sit there and just learn from him. I just... I get it. Interesting guy. Yeah, I like listening to his podcast every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, Aiden and Zach were like, I don't know if you'd like really like him, but I've listened to him when Aiden lived at home. Aiden would listen to him, and I, I he's interesting. He has interesting characters, and I, I don't care what people's views are. If you have something interesting to say, I want to listen to it. Exactly. I mean, I'm not, you know me, I don't judge. I don't right. care. You don't have to believe what I believe for me to like you or like anything that you have to say. If you have something interesting to teach me or to say, I'm right. all for it. Even if you don't, I'll still listen. And if I get something from it, great. And if I don't, I'll talk behind your back. It's interesting <laughs> listening to people just hash things out. Like you listen yeah. to them, like kind of just like go through the whole process uh-huh. that you go through in your brain. Yeah. But out loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of just like. Well, and it's interesting to watch. I was watching him with that guy and I was telling him how like you and I work and how I was like, you have to know when you bounce off of each other or to let the other person talk or when it's a good time to say something to keep the conversation going, blah, blah, blah. Right. And him and Zach were both like, it's really only with this man that he was talking with that he will stay silent. Otherwise, he talks over and butts in. and he does. And I'm like, it's because this guy is so knowledgeable and so interesting. He was willing to listen to him. He wanted to learn from him. Yeah, because I do that, but usually it's spirit that's making me interrupt because they're going so fast that I have to tell my people, like, I'm so sorry, but spirit. Anna, I kept interrupting her last night, and I was like, I'm sorry. They're just going so fast that while I'm talking to you, I end up interrupting. And sometimes it's just my pure excitement. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. If you're listening, we love you. Oh, she better be listening. <laughs> we'll go teepee she her house. She better be listening. Oh, my God. We should go teepee her house. It's too far. <laughs> teepee war. Unless we took an Uber, but that would be a very expensive Uber. We'll plan it. Okay. One of these days. <laughs> See, now we'll Anna know. Anna and David, expect yeah. one of these days. We'll know if they're listening. <laughs> Because you'll get TP'd first. You can't TP me. There's nothing to do. I don't have trees. Do you? They don't have trees either. Not in the front. Oh, I got something we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. What did I say? Oh, we were on Pabst. He died. Pabst. Yeah. All right. Okay. On the morning of February 13th, 19... Oh, yeah. Because then I said 10.15, William died. 
Okay. Okay. William Limp Jr. took over the brewing company on November 7th, 1904. Billy married Lillian. So, Bill, uh, William Jr., they call him Billy. Okay. He married a chick named Lillian. We don't care about her last name. Handian, something like that. Five years earlier... <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I felt it. I felt your 15-year-old boy self coming out. I knew it. I was trying to contain myself, but I felt a 15-year-old boy coming out. I can't help it. I am like the female version of Beavis and Butthead. No, me too. I thought we were both Beavis and Buttheading together on the last episode when you were talking about, we were talking about the hymen, and I thought we were both in sync, and then I had this moment where I realized I was trying to control myself and then I felt it I felt the vibe the 15 year old vibe coming out and I was like I'm just gonna keep reading and then so immature for a 40 something year old woman no I told you my 6969 story Okay, back to the lips. My children think I'm the most immature person. We okay. are. I, well, and I will remain that way. Okay. Um, Lillian's nickname was allegedly Lavender Lady because of her purple stuff. Okay. Basically. Wait, her purple stuff? Her purple Like, she wears lavender okay. clothes and lavender carriages. And she had a purple vagina. Her hymen. She had a purple hymen. Her <laughs> lavender color hymen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She, oh, she filed for divorce. And now listen, this is what's interesting. In 1908, she filed for divorce, charging Billy with desertion and cruel treatment. She received a large sum of money and custody of their only child, with Billy receiving visitation rights. Interesting. Well, in 1908, I didn't think divorce was that easy and that common they had to actually do a trial for that kind of stuff what a trial for a divorce yeah interesting okay okay so in 1920 because of pro prohibition the brewery suffered and was shut down december 29th 1922 billy also shot himself in the head in his office oh wow okay how many suicides is is this a third suicide? We have Billy. Yes. Okay. Um, Adam. I don't remember. How did Adam die? Did it say? That I should know my own story. I think. I don't think Adam shot himself. I think Adam just died. But William shot himself. Okay. And then Billy shot himself. Is William and Billy the same person? No. William. Uh, okay. William is was the his dad. dad. Okay. All right. Billy Sorry. is the son. And then doesn't end there. Curse. A Elsa, curse. Elsa Limp Wright is William Senior Senior's youngest child. Elsa. See, this is weird too because they say this is his youngest child. I'm just gonna say it's his daughter. Elsa Mary Thomas Wright, president of Moore Jones Brass and Metal Company in 1910. She also filed for divorce in 1918. This is why this sounds so crazy because I just didn't think divorce was common back then, but they had a couple divorces in their family. Right. So well, I mean, you got the money. Yes, but oh well. She cited, amongst other things, damage to her mental health and divorce later. Oh, in the divorce. They, okay, they divorced and then later reconciled and remarried in 1920. Okay, later that same month, Elsa also shot herself. 
Aww. while in bed at their house, just like her father. That is so sad. So now we have the dad, the son, and the daughter. So is there like depression that just runs through the family? Because it almost sounds like, not a curse, like it sounds like Like it's like a depression. mental illness. Yeah, like it sounds like depression. Yeah, but what they're making it sound like is like somebody's telling him to do it you know right. like it's a curse yes. it's like get off my property okay. Charles back then li- everything was a curse right well back then Charles but I've never heard of this many suicides and and like a couple of them are in like the same room and so I is mean, it all in the same house I don't think so generally? I think that a couple of them happen in the same house and then like uh some of these happened at their their residence but they were actually associated with right that kind of thing but they're, they're all members. attached to this house. They're attached. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Charles Limp, the third son of William Sr., was the final Limp to live in the mansion starting in 1929. He had left the brewery in 1717 to go into banking and finance. He's like the only one that was like, I'm going to be my own man, lop my wings and go a different direction. He, also, he had also dabbled a bit in politics. He never married. Okay, now listen to this. He never married and lived in the mansion with their dog, two servants, and a married couple. April 1941, Charles Limp sent a letter to a South St. Louis funeral home requesting that in case of his death, his remains should be taken by ambulance to the Missouri crematory. His body should not be bathed, clothed, or changed. His ashes should be put into a wicker box and buried on his farm. So see, he had his own place, like wow. a farm somewhere. That's very specific. I like know. He gave... But he's not dead yet. He just made these instructions. And then he wanted no funeral or notice printed. Because you know how they put it in the paper and stuff and say, okay, he didn't want an obituary or anything. Eight years later, after those instructions, he kept up the family tradition and shot himself in the head. Oh, wow. Leaving a note that said, okay, now get this, St. Louis, Missouri. This is what his note said, quotes, St. Louis, Missouri, May 9th, 1949. In case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me, Charles A. Limp. Why would he say that? Maybe because he already knows his family history of suicide. And the curse. Yes. Like, don't blame it on some stupid curse. I'm taking my own life with my own hand. I know what I'm doing. Ta-da. That is so sad. But isn't it crazy? How did all these family members take their life the same exact way? Exactly. That's just... It, tell me this isn't a freaky ass story. It's, it's really sad. It's a sad, sad story, but it's freaky. Okay. The last surviving son of William Sr. was Edwin, the youngest son. He worked on he worked on the brewery until he worked at the brewery until 1913. It seemed he loved animals. Oh, now see, this guy, okay, can I just say it said that he had like all these animals at his house and stuff. And and then the end of like when he retired, he dedicated all his time to the St. Louis uh, Zoo. Right. So, like, he was very dedicated to animals. He just seems like a sweet soul. He seems like he's actually the black sheep sheep of the family. Anyway, in 1970, 
Edwin, he is the black sheep. He didn't shoot himself in the head. Okay. In 1970, he died at the age of 90. Oh, he lived to a ripe old age. Yep. His final order to his caretaker was to destroy, destroy his collection of art and his family heirlooms. Interesting. What's up what? with that? Yeah, I don't know why. Anyway, people claim... Okay. Okay, so, to the ghostly sites. Okay, <laughs> now down to the ghosts. Now to the paranormals. <laughs> okay, so anyway, when I was YouTubing, because that's how I actually came to this. First, I looked stuff up. I was like, what am I going to do my story on? And this popped up, and I was like, that sounds really interesting. How many family members shoot themselves in the... Like, the, how is that? That's just freaky in itself, right? Right. So then I started seeing if anybody had done... You know how they, I report on the sleepover things that people do. Okay. Well, there were a lot of people that did paranormal stuff in the house, which by the way, this mansion is huge and gorgeous. And even just like looking down from the staircase, it's just bitching. It's just really cool. Yeah, I'm old. It's beautiful. (laughs) It is. It's beautiful. (laughs) Bitching. Anyway, one of the things that people claim, well, first of all, go back to the dog, the the guy that had the the limp that had the dog. That had the animals? No, there's the one, he shot himself in the head. Okay. He has a dog. Okay. Um, I believe he killed him, his dog and himself. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. But, but people. People, even in one of the YouTubes, there's these people, and I'm like, God, you people are driving me insane. You're annoying. But you hear a dog. You know when they are like doing that high pitch, that bark? Right. You hear that. And so they're like, what was that? Oh, my gosh. And they go back, and you can hear. Yeah. Wow. So people, a lot of people report hearing a dog. Okay. All right. I'm raising my hand. Raise your hand. Yes. You in the corner. Teacher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you. So, you've mentioned before that if you can hear it in a recording, that that is an unrested spirit. Yeah. So, is the dog an unrested spirit? Well, okay. So, I was... When I was watching this, something came to mind. A lot of it was... There were a lot of EVPs and stuff that they were doing. And I don't know about the dog and if it's unrested. It was shot. I mean, its life was taken. Maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. That just doesn't sound right to me. Because right. a dog's soul would just go. So, I don't know. I'm unclear about that. Because it was seems a like a, good a dog's soul would be... Would just go. Pure. Right. Pure. Right. Just without so, any hang-ups. I, Except I, that they attach themselves. They're human. Right. And and um, I believe that's one that when they do EVPs and stuff, that, okay, so there's different things. When people do recordings, they hear, you know, certain things come over the recordings. And again, I'm human. I could be wrong about every, you know, what I'm, because I'm still learning all right. of that. It's your interpretation of what you're. Right. Because I don't do a lot with that kind of stuff but when I do ask or like try stuff at my own house just to see what I get because I experiment and my house is filled with spirit and I don't get any of that stuff and that's how they explain it to me right so that's an excellent question I think I need to ask them about that but what I do know is there were some that were coming over on the, what do you call it? When the they voice were box. The, yeah, the AMFM, the vo- voice box, which spirit, the crossover, that's fine. They can do that. Right. And then there's some that were coming over in the EVP sessions, like people, even just people walking and recording without, there were women that had um, 
the same women had a walkie-talkie and a girl's voice was coming over on the walkie-talkie. So spirit manipulates electronics all the right, time. Right, right, And it's easy for them to manipulate electronics. So that's just what was happening with the walkie-talkies. Right. Somebody with a spirit energy figured out how to use the walkie-talkie to communicate. Hey, and just to let you guys know, our animals will come through as well. Yes. Because this was one of the readings that I had with Carlene. Well, not that I personally had with Carlene, but my son had with Carlene. And this was like basically he had decided he was an atheist and I think I've kind of like gone over this before but he decided he was an atheist and his dog came through <laughs> goosebumps <laughs> his dog came through for him and kind of gave him some answers and interestingly enough he decided after this reading that he wasn't an atheist anymore <laughs> but just so you know dogs a your soul dog, is a soul a soul is a soul your dog will come through your cat will come through yeah. like animal is also your loved a one horse. Yes. So just a horse. Just I would throw that out there. I think it's funny when people are like, an animal whisper. It's like, a soul's a soul. Right. So when you're talking to them, like sometimes I've had animals come through that I didn't even realize they were an animal. Right. I just was talking and then realized, I mean, a soul's a soul. I don't right. know. Anyway, so that's a very good question. I don't know. The, I have, Oh, by the way, I have no problem saying I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> I, have no, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that they have uh, recording of hearing but wait so I will tell you and I don't know if I could record this at my house or not but there's times that I'll hear um, especially now that my kids are moved out that I hear chitter chatter or I hear all kinds of like more noise now than when my kids lived at home and I don't know maybe it's just because I'm hyper aware because my house is quiet now with the kids gone so they call it don't they call that like residual energy like it's kind of a recording things like memories that the house has that just play over and over i mean it very well could be but there's i mean it's clear where i'm like well Allie is home for the summer and if she and her friends are gone and then i hear my door open and close and then i'll hear people talking and then i'll literally go out there because i'm like wow bitch isn't answering me (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like where are you and nobody's out there like I legit was but my mom when she stayed at my house she was like because when the kids were younger and I was traveling a lot to New Mexico and had to have somebody watch my kids she's like so I keep hearing your front door shut but the kids were at school and I swear the front door is locked and the screen is locked but I keep hearing the front door slam and I'm like oh yeah it's just spirit I mean they're just they still use the front door that's crazy I know but anyway story of my house at least they use the front door they do they use <laughs> there's a lot of doors now but they do use they let me know right here it's it's kind of cool but kind of freaky I guess at the same time but anyway so that's one of the things that people hear but they also claim to see okay so on the third floor which is like the attic area people claim to see an apparition of what they call let me get it right monkey faced boy what yeah and they say that it's the illegitimate son I know it's mean no it's mean it is mean it's the illegitimate son of William I believe William senior and and it, the son was born with Down syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so they say that they kept him out of sight and kept, he was only allowed to live on the third floor and he wasn't allowed to come out. But there's no 
proof of oh, him. God. I know. So they're like... Did they're, you Have you ever watched the movie The Disappointments Room? This no. was like a practice like during that time frame where people would hide their children that had mental issues or like yeah. were like had Down syndrome or anything else that they couldn't like they just... Like missing a limb or yeah, a yeah. deformity of some yeah. sort that they considered a deformity of some build, sort. literally build a room and hide them from the public that especially so people that were more um, higher up in society high society which yes. they were they were yes. very rich high society people i mean of course they could afford to build a special room right yeah that's so sick that oh i hate so that. yeah and the fact that there's no record of this kid well that makes sense because they probably didn't want a record of this child so yeah it's pretty messed up it's sick what was his name again? There, oh, oh, so the kid's name is Zeke. Zeke. And so when people go there, there's actual video, uh, YouTube. Of course, I believe everything I see on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I debunk stuff as much as I can. So right. I try and weed out stuff before I, like, report it. Right. Uh, he likes to play with a ball, and so which that makes sense. And so they'll, they'll play with a ball, and then they'll find the ball in certain places of the house where no ball was actually he would have had to put the ball there that makes sense right anyway zeke likes to come out and play that makes sense to me yes and i don't think that's an unrest so okay so this is something else while i was doing this i started thinking okay so like my house I'm my okay can I just tell you something my neighbor came over and she was like I just need to get she's giving me a twin frame bed because Allie was going to take all her stuff and whatever she's like I need this stuff out of my house I'm so sick of this neighborhood I need to get out of here and I was like listen I don't think that it's all the stuff and the scenery and the neighborhood I think it's the memories of her husband died and I think it's her grief. And so I told her that. So I said, I think it's your grief and it's just hard for you. And she goes, every room I go into, it's him, 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 you know. And so I said, that's understandable. And a lot of people, you go one way or the other. So usually women... I find it more are more like sentimental and want to like I can't sell my house there's so many memories here this is where we built our family you know that kind of thing right and men are like like my brother-in-law are like just clean it out get rid of it I gotta get yeah like their memories are here right sentimental in my heart I know I have my memories that's my mom yeah so just get rid of everything yes yeah and, it, and that's, it's just, we can't, everybody has to deal with it in their own way. And so that's how she is. My neighbor's just more like, I, she's changed that whole house. It's beautiful. I would love to live in it. But it's just every room she goes in is her husband and she can't deal with it anymore. Like she just needs a fresh start. And that's understandable too. So that's what I told her. Anyway. Everybody I, processes differently. So. Right. But... I was like, I can, I told her, I said, I'm attached to my house. Like, this is where my memories are with my kids. Like, this is my house. It's got my name on it. Nobody else. I bought this house. Right. Nobody, I didn't, my husband, my ex-husband isn't on it. It's my house. Right. And this is where I raised my kids and we did our, their homework here and all their friends came here. All their memories, all their giggles, all their laughs. It's all here. 
And so I'm, I'm extremely attached to my house. So this is what I can see happening. And this is what I see happening in a lot of these things that I've been doing with you since we started is I think a lot of these souls, when people go to visit the houses, so let's say they came, let's say I died and my house is now I <laughs> sitting there, but there's all kinds of crazy, lovely energy at that house. And right. unfortunately, the physical world doesn't go positive. We go dark, except for me, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But they would be like, oh, it's haunted. We could go do paranormal stuff, right? So that's where physical world goes with that. And But at my house, there's so much of this beautiful, angelic, amazing energy there. I told... Was it you that I said I can make millions letting people come in and do ghost hunting? (laughs) Because... There's so much active energy at my house. And if I was to die, I could see myself wanting to come and visit my house. Right. Like wanting to see who's living there. Or if my kids sold it, I'd want to know who's living at my house. Or if my kids were there or whatever. I could see myself wanting to come visit. I'm not a soul that's stuck on this plane, but I'm a soul that's wanting to check out my house every once in a while and visit it because it has special memories for me. That's not going to go away just because I go to the other side. Right. So. I think like when I was visited the Whaley house and I kept hearing that, that discomfort and feeling that discomfort of people just like in their house. And I was like talking to somebody that worked there when my kids were small. And I said, doesn't it like who owns this house now? Is it a Whaley family family member? Is it a society? And the guy didn't know. And I'm like, I don't think the the, the Whaley's like people being in their house. I don't think they like people, this being used as a museum. And I was right because when I did that research and I did it on here, you could hear them saying, get out. Thomas Whaley, was right. it? Yeah. And he's like, get out. And she's like, dad, don't, you know. But I think he was very uh, protective of his house. That was his home and he raised his family and good or bad, he had memories there and he doesn't like a bunch of strangers coming in his house. Well, I think of that too. Like, I love my house. I yeah. don't like the idea of people in the future coming through my, traipsing through my house and like traipsing through my memories and talking about our family or whatever. Like, that, honestly, like that, I don't like that idea. Like, like wouldn't you be yelling at people to get out? Yes. If they're, let's say, all your personal possessions, your family photos, things that you guys shared personally are out as a museum piece for right. strangers just to come in and and look at and respect or that disrespect. Would feel like a violation. Yes. Right. And so yes. as a spirit energy, either stuck here or not, you're going to want to tell them to leave. Right. Like, please just go. Right. So the physical world, us, but you know. Well, even like from what I understand of like, even like your, your ancestors or your parents or whoever has passed on into, has gone into the other realm or whatever. Um, they're even protective of you. Right. So I can imagine that they're protective of anything that ever belonged to them. Right. And so, so right. That's why, like, when people come to my house, you're going to get protection. Right. It's, like, looped around that whole house. Nothing bad can come through. It's right. just not going to happen. Anyhow, that's how I feel about, like... <laughs> diversion yes it's okay I, I like those diversions but anyway that's how I feel about like when I when I was watching these videos and I could see the things that were happening in that house were not bad people weren't people were a little freaked out but you're always freaked out of something you can't see right so Zeke would come out to play and I I think like um 
of course, lights turning on and off would happen. They have like, I think furniture would move. But most of mine was like, they had lots of, nothing different than what you'd see at my house of what people call orbs or energy flying around. So of course, the family's still checking in on their house. But you also have to take an account. If you're there, so are your guides, your angels, your loved ones, because they're with you. Right. So who's to say that's not any of your energy or their energy, you know, the energy of people that were filming. So anyway, but there's a lot of energy there. And so that house is really active, but I, I don't think it's that active. But when they went into those caves and you could hear the Indian, <laughs> then I was like, it kind of makes me wonder with all those people that committed suicide, is there something that's kind of persuading them to do that? Could there be some sort of negative energy? some sort of or something that's like you don't belong here so right and and maybe it wasn't telling them to off themselves but maybe I get a lot of people that come to see me that are just feeling like if they're feeling depressed or if your energy source is depleted let's say you work somewhere where it's really negative and you work next been there done that right and yes. you worked next to somebody who's that negative person that just the energy vampire yes. is sucking all that energy from you or, or your boss is that person sucking all the energy from you Dude, and then you go home. I work for somebody that like she would walk into the building. I didn't even know she walked into the building, mm-hmm. but I would automatically feel right. that negative pull immediately and just know she was there. Right. That's sad is like yeah. her energy would precede her. But her energy is that strong that it can deplete other people's energy. So right. that can make you really tired. It can make you emotional. But it, but what we don't recognize is when we feel that we think it's us. So right. on top of anything that's going on in our regular life, so if I'm already having trouble going on in my life or I'm already stressed and then I'm around that negative energy I don't realize pull you down yeah I don't realize that negative energy is quadrupling what's going on when ordinarily I could handle this negative stuff and I could live through it and I'd be fine but because of this this energy that's depleting me is making me really depressed like it's making my tunnel darker and darker and darker and there's no light and once you get into that dark tunnel right and you can't see the light anymore it's really hard to get out and so I wonder if that's what was happening is the energy was being so depleted from them that they couldn't see light anymore and then that would make them want to take their life does that That's make sense? Sad. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Bye. Surprising. <sighs> so, come see Carlene. <laughs> Get your energy cleared. Yes. Get the boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Yes. That's what we call it, the boom shakalaka. Yeah. And people, when people will call me or they'll send me a text and they'll be like, um, my friend Debbie told me to call you. She said I need something about a shaka. I'm like, oh, a boom shakalaka. Yeah, come on. <laughs> they're like, a what? It definitely works. Let's feel good. I have to get it done, but spirit does it all. You know, they do it all for you too. They just do it through me to you. Right. And then they do it to me at night. I have to get all this shit taken off of me. <laughs> You don't, yeah, you don't realize like all the stuff that you pick up around you. Right. Like Especially work, yeah. driving. Just going to the grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah. Let me just tell you, like I like have anxiety issues and the grocery store is one of the worst places for me. Yeah. Grocery store, Walmart, Costco. A Walmart is that would cause me anxiety. Yes. Especially if it's yeah. super crowded 
Christmas, like oh, anytime during. I can't. Yeah. I can't even. No, crowded places. Like before, nobody taught me how to handle this. And so I watch my son go through it now and I try and explain, like, let me help you. But he won't listen to me because our kids don't listen to us. I wish I had somebody to help me through this because, well, I mean, I did have it rough and I did have issues that were making me sad, but I think that attracting other people's energies on top of it made it a lot harder. And now as an adult and having to learn everything that I've learned, I know how to block those energies a lot more but I will tell you I went into Dave and Buster's with my kids for Aiden's birthday and I'm really good about when I go into public places how to you know so I don't get overwhelmed and I stayed in my little corner but then I had to go out where everybody was playing games and it was a shit show like I had to get out of there and it was like in the movies when they're like ding 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 and they're showing you like it's like a dramatization but so you know the actor is overwhelmed that's what it felt like to me I thought I was gonna hyperventilate and lose my shit it feels like you're gonna crawl out of your own you need to crawl out of your own skin yeah and then I thought if I'm like this I can only imagine what Aiden but Aiden was okay so I'm like I'm out I gotta go home because he can focus on the games right well he can't no no he he I was surprised that he even wanted to go there but that's his thing and so when I got home he was like a minute behind me and I'm like where's what are you doing where's your girlfriend he's like oh yeah she's there I just I couldn't take it it's too much and I'm like don't you tell me these things so I can help you but yeah I get it it was way too much for me too but like he won't let me help him to explain to him like I I try and tell him like when you think you're depressed it's not just your emotion it's your emotion where you would already be like man I'm stressed out but now you've taken on he works at his stepmom's doctor's office so of course people are sick they're not in a good mood that energy is being thrown onto him and then and let's say people that he worked with, maybe they're stressed or they're going through shit. He's absorbing right. that energy because he's a sensitive. So they're all, abs- he's absorbing everybody's energy and then he doesn't realize that's not all his own. Like 10% of that is his own and everything else is everybody else's. And I had to grow up like that and it's overwhelming. It's hard. I can't imagine what it's like for you. Just r- recently, like Peter Piper Pizza. Oh God. <laughs> we went to a birthday party at Peter Piper Pizza. Yeah. We were there for a couple of hours. I hate Peter Piper Pizza. My kids hate Peter Piper Pizza. Every birthday party that we've ever had to go to, like they've always come back like, I hate that place. I hate that place. So I like, and I don't mean to be this way, but I like go into a show. Yeah. So there was a booth nearby. So I went and sat in the booth, got on my phone. Like, because there's first, it's like too much going on. Yeah. All the ding, 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 all that stuff. The kids running around, everybody. But I sat in a booth and I'm sitting there like on my phone. Like I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So two hours go by and I tell Albert, and I'm like, all right, it's time to leave. Let's leave. And so we leave and he's like, hey, you really need to deal with this anxiety. Like if it's that bad, you need to take medication. Like I was. But it's not about that. And I feel bad for how many people are. This is what I, I told Anna. I'm like, how many people are on medication for an anxiety that they don't need to be medicated for, but right. they just need to learn how to protect themselves from all that energy right. that's coming at them because they're more sensitive than other people. Like me, I grew up feeling that way and still get it at night when spirit, if spirit has something to tell me and I'm not listening, or if it's something like um, my friend Jim, when he, his 
dad was diagnosed with cancer, I knew something was wrong or if something happens with Jim, spirit will keep me up at night. Or my friend Robin, if something's going on with one of her kids, she will wake my ass up at night and I don't get to go to sleep. Last night was a restless night. And it's like, what are you guys trying to tell me? And I can't hear them. I don't know because I'm concentrating on that fucked up anxiety feeling. And and then I'm like, what? What do you want to tell me? And I, it's like cutting your own hair. A hairdresser probably won't cut her own hair. It's harder for me to hear for myself. And so, well, they're trying to tell me something that if I was calm and in a different situation, I'd probably could get the message. But because they just woke me up and now I have mad anxiety and want to take a run around the block or freak out. That's exactly what it feels like. You want to take, like, I want to just run Run. out of my own shell. Right. Because your skin, it's like you're, yeah, it's bad. But how many people are on medication and probably shouldn't be on medication for something like that because all that's because doing just is just a little mask- bit more sensitive to the energy that's around right them. and it's just masking a symptom that's not going to go away so then they're on medication then they up the medication then they up the medication so anyway that's all i was saying with like that that family it's how freaky and then i'd be afraid to go and stay in that house because everybody's committed suicide yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna stay there yeah i don't know about i mean that to one. me that's the most ghostly part right. of it is that all these members it's who sad have, energy it is sad energy and who why are they all committing suicide like that it's not just like one or right. two it's like a lot of them have committed suicide it's it's really sad so what what kind of manifestations are there besides oh so they've had apparitions of people and then they've had the a ton of energy you know like what you find at my house but people get the normal things like being messed with when they're sleeping and then the the voiceovers that they hear you don't have to have any recording device you can hear things and then things being moved oh they have one with like a chandelier on the top and the chandelier swinging spirit definitely wants to be noticed but i think i don't know if it's more to like get the hell out of my house i'm gonna freak you out or if it's just like hi yeah like I'm we're here. still here this is our house kind of thing so Interesting. I, I, I couldn't tell because it didn't feel scary to me but do they the, touch people um i didn't get anybody that was like this but people were getting the goosebumps that we even get you know like the validation or right. when somebody's standing close to you kind of goosebumps people were getting that um the, i think the creepiest part even when i felt creepy was down in that cave like that to me just felt like out of bounds right so even if i was reading the energy i'd be like yeah i if anything i would believe that that could have been protected territory that you were invading and you probably should have never gotten in there interesting i know man it makes me want to go back and review all of that again because now i want to know more like now i want to go back as me analyzing it like having them talk to me through right it. i might do that but then you yeah well, i gotta make sure i don't have anything cling on to me yeah <laughs> that's the scary part they won't they won't cling on to me i mean it's really cool like with anna i it was it's fun like it shocks people when i'm like hey are they like this but that person isn't here and i don't know that person but i'm reading them through you right so i can do that via youtube yes <laughs> Also do it over the phone. Via FaceTime. Via FaceTime. Messenger. Yes. It's crazy. But I remember my mentor saying that I'd be doing like remote healing and stuff. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what that is. Right. And now I'm and now doing you know. it. Yeah. Now it's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I do that. That's amazing. Who does that? Me. You do it. Me. I do it. Carlene does it. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. done. But anyway, so that's pretty much mine. But I thought this the freakiest part was like the story and then the haunting part would be just like, I think they just want, I think in all of those stories, they just want to be remembered. It's crazy. Like they have, a, that's part of them when they're like, like me, that's my house, bitch. <laughs> that's my house, bitch. <laughs> all right, I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like that was our show. I'm done. All right. Hey, if you guys could do us a huge favor (laughs) at the end of this, if you guys could just click subscribe and then review. Yeah. and give us a little message if you're on itunes that's the that's the number one spot to let us know how we're doing that would be nice yes keep us going want to send us an email we are on tipsy tales podcast at yahoo.com that is so easy to say now now that we've changed the email <laughs> we are on instagram tipsy tales podcast we are on facebook tipsy tales podcast and if you want to reach twitter. out to oh and we're also on twitter don't forget twitter <laughs> twitter twitter and if you want to reach out to Carlene and her services, you can also reach out to her on Psychic Medium. Oh, on Facebook, Psychic Medium Carlene Higgins. Or you can email me at Carlene, C A R L E N E, dot spirit at yahoo.com. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and cut. Spread the word. If you like us, because we're so fucking hysterical. So <laughs> tell people. Yes. Yeah, spread, spread it around. The word. That, word of mouth. That's how I do my business. That's how we do this podcast. Word exactly. of mouth. All right. Enough of that. Thank you, guys. We appreciate everybody that's listening. We've got a, a bunch of new listeners. If you guys like what we're doing, like I said, subscribe and spread the word. Spread the word. <laughs> Thanks. Bye now. Bye, Mama. Bye. What were you Eva today? I was a little bit Eva today, sorry. I could have been Charlene. You were a little Charlene today. I was a little today. bit white trash Charlene. 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 My dad calls you Charlene. Charlene. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Charlene. I'm pretty sure my dad calls you Charlene. Did you go see Charlene? Did In the you go afterlife. See, did you go see Charlene? <laughs> Anyways, that's our show tonight. Good night, you guys. Thanks for listening. Good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Pesqueda, artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.